2: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Soul Sisters. This is Jessie Katz here with my co-host, Dara Golub, and an awesome guest today. Her name is Jen Wassner. You might very well know her from the band Y-Oak. She also has a new solo project um, called Flock of Dimes. She's put out some stuff under that name before... But she has a brand new first ever LP, Under Flock of Dimes, coming out this month, and it is super rad. She wrote and played on and sang all the songs. By played on, I mean she plays every instrument in every song on this album. And when you hear it, you will be even more impressed than you are just hearing me say that because uh, it's a phenomenal album. She's super talented. Um, she just had a guitar named after her, which we got to see in the studio. She played two songs for us off of the new album. And I couldn't even believe what I was hearing watching her perform by herself in the studio. She sounds like a full band just playing by herself. Um, she's really awesome, really inspiring, has great things to say about being a woman in the industry and, and um, you know, being such a. A self-sufficient, self-starter um, artist who's trying to stay true to herself, but you know, also sell her stuff, and she talks about the dichotomy of that and how it's hard to do both of those things at the same time. Sometimes, um, anyway. So, really great episode. Really excited to share it with you guys. So let's get to it. Jen Wassner on Soul Sisters. Yeah, we we did a show at LPR last night. Oh,
3: um,
0: it was really fun. But you did know, did you
3: play any piano
0: like that? Uh, like no, no, for us? I actually played guitar and sang I mostly just sing with those things. Because
3: as you were playing just now, this like very fancy classical oh yeah, kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Debussy, there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. It was just a little Debussy. Um, I was thinking, like, are you ever, do you imagine ever playing music like that on one of your projects? Mm. Or have you? And I don't realize.
0: Well, um, I, yeah, I mean, I took, I took classical piano lessons for years when I was a kid, but I never really got serious about it mostly because well there are a few reasons a halfway through my career as a young classical pianist i i started playing guitar and that kind of took over <laughs> and i was like i can <laughs> learn songs that i know from the radio yeah, but and clearly I play those. you sit down and you're like Broom. well i can't i mean you know to a certain extent i mean i i you know i was kind of faking it a little bit to be honest with you but i did i did learn actually i took some time in the past few years when i was going through one of my writer's block phases um, one of the things that I, I did was I, I I learned a bunch of pieces. I learned that, that Debussy piece. I learned some sati, Just be to be, like, focused on playing music that isn't egocentric, that isn't about just, like, how am I going to get my ideas down on paper and me and all about myself, and just to, like, have something that's consuming the musical side of my brain and is challenging but has nothing to do with me. Um, so that, that's like a, a classic go-to trick for me when I'm just, I hate the sound of my own voice inside of my head and just be like, <laughs> work on this thing That's for a, a while. very useful, um, go-to sort of like relaxation
3: refocusing tool as opposed to like being like, I don't even want to look at music. I don't want to look at an instrument. I can't handle that. It. It's like yeah. daunting right yeah. now. It's too much. You say, no, I'm just going to focus on other types of music that aren't about me and my work. Absolutely. That's nice.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a great trick. It's worked really well for me and even i do it all the time when i'm writing and i have you know I have my setup going and i'm i'm trying to like work on a song or produce something or make it sound good and if i just get tired of it and i get to that point where the the magic is dead i'm like all right i'm going to work on learning this song by this person and it's it gets you back in that state of mind where you're excited about music again and you're still doing something that's you're working on skills that you can use in service of your own thing but you're not like oh, i hate myself and my ideas are terrible yeah. right but, but that looks like it's blowing it's, your it's mind it's blowing my mind I mean it's like I think it's one of the You're keys shaking your head I'm
3: i no just I'm just it's one of the keys to being a, a professional musician is is not hating practicing oh man <laughs> it's not, huge you know and like it, it not being this like horrible chore to sit down and work on something that's hard and repetitive yeah. and something that's not creative necessarily it's like And it sounds like that was probably you from a very young age. Yeah, And that's still you now. And I think that's just the key
0: in a way. Well, you never get better at writing songs in that like so much of it is is magic and chance and weird stuff that's out of your control and intuition. The only thing you can get better at and the only thing that I've been able to get better at is putting yourself in a position to get to that point um But it's all like you—you you can improve at the tricks, like the, all the tricks that surround the making of the process. But then the actual inspiration
2: yeah. and the result well, is kind of
0: out of your control.
2: You mean you can't get better? You can't control getting better. You
0: can't control getting better. Yeah. You can't—you can't like if I mean because I can't can will be, it to happen. Yeah, you can't. Like the more sometimes the more you want it to happen, the less likely. Yeah, it is then it to ain't happen. gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> so it's all about like all right. You know, like, for example, like when I'm at home and I'm working on trying to write and I don't have to be like out on tour and doing other stuff, Mm -hmm. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm going to work on music from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah. And in that time, I probably go back and forth between, you know, practicing instruments, um, working on songs of my own. But you have to kind of like you set yourself up for success, but you can't have any expectations that anything's going to come out of it um and that's why it's really weird frustrating work because you know it's not like most things where you put in x amount of time you get this guaranteed output of something to show for yourself you can do that with for songwriting weeks. you're talking yeah about. with songwriting it's like you can do that for weeks and have nothing worth that's worth keeping and then you know pretty much resign yourself to the idea that you'll never make another thing for as long as you live and then the next day all of a sudden, a song will just magically materialize. Yeah, but all that work that you did in advance of that is what makes that happen. So, I mean, I guess that's what it comes down to: is like you don't, you can't will inspiration, you can't will creativity, but you can get better at <laughs> putting yourself in a position to capitalize on it. Right. Right. So,
3: and with instruments, you can you sit can get down and practice for yeah. an X amount of hours, <laughs> yeah. for a thousand hours, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to get better at drums. So, you taught yourself drums in yeah. the past
0: year. It took you like a. I mean, a year before you put them on your album and you played them? So I'm not, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not a good drummer. I'm not really good, really good at anything. I would say I'm probably a good singer. But as far as like pure chops goes, I'm not like, I have a lot good ear and good feel, but I'm not like a super shredder on pretty much okay. anything. Um, but when you pick something up for the first time, it
3: feels there's an intuition there that you understand how to begin and how to like work on it i mean like if i picked up a guitar i would just i wouldn't really know what to do
0: yeah I, I see what you're saying and i think you're right i think it's it's easy for me to um underestimate like i i only can see and experience the world through my weird body and <laughs> frame of reference experience and so music does i think i have a real natural sense for music as one of, I, I understand it on an intuitive level and um You know, it just makes sense to me in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think I have more of a starting point for teaching myself things than someone, maybe just the average lay person would. But I don't think of myself that way. I just, you know, I also think I I have a a tendency to approach instruments with a no rules policy. And if something sounds good to me and is working, I don't really think about whether it's the right way to do it or not. Is that
2: easier for you to do when you're doing a solo project? It's
0: easier. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always, it's kind of been the only way for me because okay. it's, I, I teach myself everything that I do, I'm relatively self taught, with the exception of those early piano lessons uh-huh. that I largely abandoned. <laughs> right. So You
3: didn't even do guitar lessons?
0: Never. Okay. Nah, no, I've never taken any any lessons really on anything. and you have a guitar
2: named after you so I know. <laughs> So take that world that's right um yeah so
0: yeah i mean it's all i mean that's, i guess that's one of the beautiful things about the guitar though is that it is such a malleable mm-hmm. instrument you can it's so easy for people to make it their own personalize it um but you know i mean and but one of the things that's been so cool about this this you know these playing with these symphony musicians that i mentioned i did last night um The first time I did that, I've done it probably four or five times with different sizes of uh, ensembles and different players. And the first time I did it, I remember we were, it was with the Alabama Symphony. Um, So, you know, my bandmate in Wyoke, Andy and I were kind of had no idea what to expect. And it's very intimidating to walk into a room with 70 musicians and, and they're, you know, heavy hitters, like uh players, you know, like, (laughs) and what they do is mind boggling to me. Um, and i you know i was expecting to really have to prove myself and i was very intimidated by it but in pretty much every one of these uh these groups and these situations people have been very um supportive encouraging and 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 very impressed by what i do which was not what i was expecting i was expecting them being oh you're just a pop singer like you know <laughs> you know but it's been my experience has been just the reverse i've i've had such a positive experience working with people who come at music from a very, very different mm-hmm. world, but who are like very appreciative of the way in which I approach it. Yeah. And I'm, That's you know, so cool. it's like a really cool give and take of me like, I can't do what you do and you can't do what it's I like do. It's like how but- every
2: actor wants to be a rock star and every rock star wishes <laughs> yeah. that they were an actor. Yeah. You know well, yeah. Like that mutual respect and admiration.
0: It's always, it's so easy to like I was saying, to downplay the things that come naturally to you, yeah. and to idolize and uh, idealize, and to compare one to one
3: and say these musicians are are better, better or, or worse, whatever, yeah. right? But you just you put your own unique signature on how you yeah. play, and that's yeah. it's cool that they saw that,
2: and yeah, it do just
0: helps me to trust myself a lot. Totally to trust the abilities that I do have because they've you know they haven't let me down yet, even though I don't necessarily have like the the background and skills that a lot of these people do, so.
2: I want to talk about that awesome essay that you wrote for Medium. Heck yes, about your guitar, mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, I'm gonna pull out a quote and ask her about it. And then there are like five things that I pulled out. <laughs> oh, Sweet, I pulled out a few too. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, that's it great. Was amazing. Okay, thank you so, for reading
0: it. I yeah. I really wanted people to read that. It was
2: it was so great. A little um, backstory. Yeah. Okay. So Reverend Guitars created this fucking awesome guitar that was designed by a friend of yours. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah, so the guitar itself is um, based on the the guitar that reverend built that i've been playing for years okay. it's a charger um and um did you have
3: a relationship with
0: them or yes okay. i've been playing their guitars for a, a long time and i love their guitars and they actually the first reverend that i got years ago was uh jet and i they reached out to me they saw a picture of me playing it and they were like hey you play our guitars that's really cool and i was like yeah i love them they're great and they're like let's give you some and i was like yes <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> cool <laughs> yes please um so I've been playing their guitars for years, and then they've started doing these signature models somewhat recently, and they asked me if I wanted to do one, and I was all about
2: it. Are you the first woman that they've done that for? As far as them? I know, I,
0: I don't know for sure that that's true, but I, I think so. I um, mean, you're
2: probably one of the first women that any guitar maker has ever There are, aren't many. I, I know,
0: I think Bonnie Raitt's got one, and I think, um, I mean, there are a handful, but yeah, it's okay, definitely, so in a it's company. heavily heavily skewed yeah. right, right. towards the penis-having right. uh, side. <laughs> of the musical world. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. How
2: unusual, uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, so they reached out to me and at the time I was in the middle of, um, working on the initial planning stages of what will become this flock of dimes record that I've got coming out. And, um,
2: yeah, by the way, to so put everything in context, yeah right? Just, we my, just jumped in again no intro album at all. no this yeah. like back <laughs> who the hell is this lady? <laughs> just walked in started we'll add and started playing instruments. Want an intro to this to explain? yeah But you have a fucking great new album that's coming so out so great. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You wrote all the songs, you played all the instruments, yeah, I did. which explains how it produced had. it. Yeah,
0: I did.
3: Holy crap. There's a sick video. It's really
0: yeah. So it's a big moment. Really oh man. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys like it. Oh, it's dope. So good. You can't see this now, podcast listeners, but I'm smiling. <laughs> yes, they're <laughs> they're
1: all so smiling. fun Um yeah, anyway, it's a very happy the like, record. It took great- me
0: forever. I'm so proud of it. It uh, it finally exists. I cried when my manager handed me the, the final copy of it. I hadn't seen the vinyl until uh, yesterday. And I I was in the middle of an interview and I like started sobbing and the poor girl was like
1: oh, are you okay? Like, I'm like, I'm probably, <laughs> is it your so first happy. vinyl?
0: Have, have other
3: projects had vinyl?
0: I mean, I have, like, I have seen records before. <laughs> no, no. It's <laughs> like, what is this? This, this is, is what they've <laughs> been talking <laughs> about at oh Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, um, <laughs> no, it was the first time I had seen my right, record right, right, right. In, in person. Uh-huh. And I had, you know, so it, it took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting to react to it so strongly. But I did.
2: Sure yeah. did. You said. That um, was the so first
3: record of your solo project, Flock of Dimes, yes, that, that I've ever you seen. You put out songs
2: yes. here and there. Oh, yeah. But, but it was, was the, the first. first it was this
0: record. And this record has been such a, I mean, it's taken me. I've worked longer and harder on this record. And it's the only record I've ever made in this way. Yeah. So and it paid um, off, it, I hope so. We'll I mean, see. this is true. Jerry's out. true solo,
3: it sounds like to me, versus, I don't know. I mean, right like Wyoke is certainly it's a collaboration duo. it's an equal it's part a collaboration, collaboration but yeah. i mean when you're writing playing everything practically and more producing it can, yeah, yeah it doesn't get more <laughs> than that
0: well yeah and you know i should mention that there are a lot of there are at least two really really wonderful talented collaborators that i worked with this with this, on this record with that um i couldn't have done it without them um, my friend mickey freeland um who i work with he's from baltimore and my friend aaron roche who is from here and who um I played within the symphony, uh, the symphony show last night. Um, but you know, it was largely, I would say the vast majority of it is me. And I did set out initially with this sort of unrealistic expectation that I would, I was, I was going to play and produce every single inch of this goddamn record. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't, as a woman in, in music, you don't, you have to earn the benefit of the doubt. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people I encounter uh, along. I mean, I've been uh, I've been playing music somewhat professionally at, at like a medium level, medium popular level <laughs> for like a decade, right? And there are still people that I encounter that just assume that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and. And, and or being a partner I, yeah. with
2: a guy in a band, they probably defer to him a lot of the time, right?
0: Yeah. So I'll tell you this story. Yeah. This is just the last tour we did just like maybe a month ago. Uh-huh. And I was playing a show and I was setting up my stuff. And, you know, an older guy came up and was checking out my pedals, asking me questions about my pedals, which is fine, you know. Um, and I was answering them while I was setting up. Um, and eventually he was just like, so do you like pick out all of your pedals? Or like, do you have like a guy that does that for you? <laughs> literally i was just like are you wow. are you kidding me right now like, i don't know why
3: it's still surprising but that is a good one i mean on. that is, wow like how why you would never ask do you have a, a girl pick that. out those petals no you? one would <laughs> ever do that do you have a check do you, have and, a- you know
0: the sad thing was <laughs> so like extreme. i i laughed i kind of laughed in his face <laughs> right. and yeah. he's, he was embarrassed and and then i felt bad and i was like i'm sorry i don't mean to be mean but you have to understand that's an extremely offensive question and i could tell as I said that he had he had he thought. heard himself say it yeah and was like, he, oh. it hit him then and he was like oh but it's <laughs> incredible that like it's, it's if you don't ever confront those ideas that you can just be going through life not even realizing how much the way you think about other people has been shaped culturally yeah, right and so it was you know it was kind of cool in a way to be like. To point that out and be like, think about why you think the things that you think, That's, and yep. why you say the things that you say.
3: Yeah, that sounds like the reason why you sort of accepted the the signature guitar. It's a, mm-hmm. I read that you sort of had trepidation about it because you're like, this is not sort of the vibe that I go for. the sort of showy, yeah. you know, me mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. look at me. But that if you you had the opportunity to sort of confront this issue, and so that it is, was it was worth it.
0: Yeah, that was what it came down to
2: because
3: it, it did being
0: dope. It, yes, I, really, I mean, I got I got it to match my outfit, I mean, so like, that's cool, right? <laughs> but, like, no, I mean, it was a big part of it. I mean, I, I really do think I try and remember with the decisions that I make in my career, like, what I would want to have projected to me if I was, if I was, if this was, you know, the other way around and I was a young female musician, aspiring musician, like, what do I want to see? out there in the world reflected back to me. And um, you know, I love talking to people about this because I like to remind people that a lot of things that I do aren't things that necessarily come naturally to me and they're not things that you are told as a woman that you can do or supposed to be able to do. You're not encouraged to learn to do. Um, And you know, a lot of the learning how to produce and record and all that stuff is not, it's not something you're just born knowing how to do. Um, and it's, it's tough to get into it. There's a, there's a stiff, uh, you know, entry curve with Mm -hmm. it and it's, it's tough, but it's also just, it's doubly tough because no one expects you to be able to know how to do it. And no one really is encouraging you to do it. And so you have to fight twice as hard. Um, and so, Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's something that's important to me, like, putting the guitar out there and, like, putting myself out there as a solo performer and just being, like, here is what I am capable of.
3: Right. But, I mean, it sounds like you did get the recognition very quickly. Like, it can take a lot of time, and you've been doing this now for about 10 years or more, but... um, you were recognized through Y Oak really quickly. Like you put out your first record and then you were signed a year later, right?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, mean, it happened when I was 19. It was very fast. And you know, that band is a huge, has been and continues to be a huge part of my life. And, the, the you just put out a record with them too we, yeah, with, yeah. andy and i put out a record in june um Crazy so i've got two yeah. records coming out this
2: year
3: yeah i mean so how does that chilling. feel like is i'm that just hanging
2: out both simultaneously yeah wow this um, tween
3: was like tween the y Oak record is sort of like a a mishmash of older stuff that you read
2: it's old stuff and
3: purposed. new stuff
0: it was sort of um you know, we we made a record in 2011 called Civilian, and that was sort of a moment for us. It, it kind of took off for you know, no one re- can really predict uh, how these how certain things. I mean, we had made records before that. You just never really know what's gonna what's gonna hit and what isn't. Mm-hmm. But we also toured, we played like 220 shows in a year and like we grind, we were grinding on that one pretty hard. And so that one, you know, that sort of like opened up. Yeah, like up. TV spots and
3: yeah, TV and, things like and things. Yeah, it was like
0: things sort of took off for us around then. And then um, I learned a lot about what I want from a career in music that year. Um, and I consider that experience to be extremely, just utterly invaluable. Like it was just so important to me to have a sense of what I'm looking for in with my career and to make decisions accordingly
3: so just to set the stage at that point it's 2011 Mm -hmm. you have songs in or is it one song Mm civilian was in walking dead Mm -hmm, yeah which i had no idea it was going to be such a thing until it happened and then also i mean did you have someone pitch you had like uh someone working on this
0: yeah i mean we know you we would get stuff like that from time to time like hey this this seems fine you know this isn't offensively bad like (laughs) you know throw that you know wait you weren't like holy shit this I had no idea no to be clue. on a, an AMC I, show. Have a song? No, that's dude. Like. I wasn't. It wasn't even <laughs> on the radar. I was like, yeah, sure, okay, and then I just forgot all about it until it <laughs> happened. And then all of a sudden, my phone started blowing up. Yeah, like a zillion texts. And, <laughs> and, and I also think like sometimes not all not all TV spots are created equal. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it'll just be like two characters talking, and your songs like. In on in a bar like and it's barely audible. Sure. Right. And then so and like a lot of times you you could watch the show and never even notice. Um, but this was this was a, a very trailer, different right? Spot. Or it was it? like it was like a a spotlight kind of feature, like almost a full song. And I didn't know. I mean, it was there were a lot of factors contributing to. That year being a big year
3: and for that, bio. Uh
0: You were named Best Album by AV Club. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: did that make a tangible it's difference like, to you? Everything
0: kind of, it was one of those it's situations where everything kind of came together. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's it's easier to do that when you're breaking through and everyone's like, for the first time, everyone's hearing about what you do and everyone kind of's like, oh, this thing, this thing. You know, and it's, it's much harder to do that, to have that kind of like, zeitgeisty moment when you've been around for a while
1: yeah
0: um but that was like our little hey breaking through in the scene whatever moment and yeah I learned a lot about myself in that year because a lot of what that meant for me is um repetition exhaustion um just running myself into the ground I mean you're I I mean not to sound ungrateful because it was very I mean it's probably the reason why I'm sitting here today yeah but um you know, it made me realize that a lot of being a successful musician at a very high level is more about um, marketing and selling a very specific mm, mm-hmm. image of yourself and not necessarily being creative and trying new things and but more just, like, figuring out what you are and just, like, nailing, hit, nailing it. that message yeah. to the wall mm-hmm. repeatedly. <laughs> and so it came down to where I was like, okay, do I want to be an artist or do I want to, like, play an artist on TV? You know what I mean? Like, do I want to pretend... Well you wrote door. about that Absolutely. in that essay about mm-hmm. your guitar
2: yeah uh, you said marketing your music to the public is like playing a real life game of telephone yeah and how all of your ideas have to get kind of hammered down into one say that, digestible I? <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah Pick that one
3: out too i love that one yeah, yeah. 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 i mean it's, it's interesting yeah.
2: and uh, but you're you have to do it now you have a new album out so you're at mm-hmm. it again but so how do you make that work well for it you? sounds
3: like it makes sense so if in 2011 you're like this like I'm gonna either have to be this creative artist or someone who like just like nails myself to this one sort of identity. Right. That's when you decided to sort of start Flock of Dimes. Yeah. So you were like, okay, I can have this project, but I can mm-hmm. also be other
0: things. Yes. And um, well, there's there's different kinds of artistry. I mean, I think a lot of people I know, um, the image and the performance is a part of their art, and so it's more satisfying for them. Whereas for me, I'm I'm not as good at that and I'm not as interested in that I'm I just want to make as many songs as possible and I want to do as many different sounding things as possible I want to work with as many different people as possible that's a harder thing to sell um (laughs) it's tough it's a tough one Uh and I you know I already have I think a reputation it's like oh you have all those bands like (laughs) why do you do that and even even with the symphony stuff it's like given the opportunity I want I will really want to push up against the ceiling of what I'm comfortable with Mm -hmm. and what I've done before and that's what, that's why I wanted to be a musician and an artist in the first place. So, you know, it's less for me about being, you know, operating at like a super successful level, which I think in and of itself is, is a burden in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I realized around then that the, the goal and where I would be the happiest would be to find that elusive middle ground where you have enough resources to do the things you want to do without being hindered by anything and you can live, but Mm -hmm. no more because the bigger it gets, the more it gets. It becomes this like slow moving beast where, like, you can't actually take risks and be creative, you just right. have to keep giving people what they expect from you over and over again.
2: Yeah, to and, quote you again, yeah. you call that, ha <laughs> yes, quote me, the, the humble hustle approach to art making. Yeah, man, you got that one. Too. That's, right. my, that's my MO, it. It's like some, <laughs> yeah. some weird, like, bargain. Yeah. That's
0: really funny. That's my MO, man. I'm, I love it. I you love guys that, love though. that medium mm-hmm. piece so much. I really,
2: <laughs> yeah, that awesome.
0: was, it was such a good thing to get off my chest, and I really was happy that. People read it. because yeah. yeah, this
3: piece is basically everything we're talking about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's my, I mean, it's everything I think about, man. It's yeah. like you have to make decisions active, actively all the time to shape your career into what you want it to be. And, you know, I think when we first started, I didn't even think about that stuff. And in the music industry, it's people's nature to just be like, bigger is better. Yeah. Everyone wants to just get bigger, 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 bigger more. And I, at a certain point, like when Civilian hit, and after the few years following that, it was like no i want to take a step back
3: yeah you could have gone (laughs) you could have done the opposite move and say all right why oak has this buzz yeah we have this momentum going let's like roll with that and ride that but you sort of felt the opposite has
2: that caused friction between you and your team at any point um
0: not with my bandmate. right he and i are like fortunately super on the same page with what we want from our band and what makes us happy and feel fulfilled Creatively. That's incredible um yeah it rules i mean we've been friends for 15 years we've been yeah. in a band together for a decade is um, he playing music and other he does all kinds wh- of stuff i mean he has an incredible solo project of his own he plays with tons of people um he's played in he's he's one of those guys that like everything i do he does like 10 times better legit like maybe I'm a better singer sorry Andy but like (laughs) songwriter yeah I'm a songwriter I mean he's a songwriter too I mean he does he does everything and he's super skilled at every instrument that's amazing we also just have a working relationship that it's a vocabulary a musical vocabulary that there's no substitute for just the history of that over years and years we've played together for so long I mean it's the kind of thing where you can be in a room and be like and so I want this part to just be kind of like you Know and he's like, Yeah, and it then it's just it make just, a face, yeah, know, like, like, yeah. Then, you know, and he's like, Yeah, 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 totally. And then it's just, it's <laughs> that cool. kind of like, yeah, almost unspoken. And then, and
3: it's incredible that you both are on the same page when you're like, We're gonna work on a project, and then we're not gonna work on a project, and it's fine, yeah, and yeah. I mean, do, when I
2: said team, I was thinking less him, like, and more, yeah, management. Right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: that's hard, it's harder to explain. I mean, we're lucky in that, like, our you know, the people that we work with, we've gone really we've been very careful to work with people who we trust, who understand that side of our personalities and who understand that, you know, not all careers and not all ambitions are created equal. Um mm. and it there sometimes people are just like, oh, you're being classic, crazy. Like a lot there are a lot of people who think I'm like temperamental flaky, artists. Flaky, unpredictable. Yeah. But you know, that's so, not like that's not my fucking uh, No, and that's so unfair because <laughs> like that's gross. only
3: that's only even Relevant or logical in the context of you being a musician in one project. Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, I'm a musician. Yeah. And I'm going to call this project this and call this this. But, and I mean, of course, for packaging purposes and just like fan, Mm -hmm. you know, ease, you need to like name things, things, but you really want to make music of all kinds and you're a musician. And so that's what I do. Right. And I I I think that's very (laughs) unusual for artists. Like, to, to come around and just say, like, I'm just going to make this and you have to roll with me to that yeah. and
0: that. And it's freeing because, you know, I, not everyone has to like everything that I do. You can kind of come in, you can take what you like, you can leave what you don't. It's-
1: hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does.
0: They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not, that's just, I'm past the point of trying to satisfy other people with the things that I make. Because that is a dead end. It is a creative dead end. And it, it, you know, I, I guess the way I think about it is that everybody whose job it is to like promote and sell music and God bless those people. They're the reason why I have a life. Like, thank you to them for teaching me how to be a person. but um, but they want the thing that you make. They need the thing that you make, mm-hmm. but I have to be a certain kind of in a, in a certain kind of space. Personally, I have to feel good about it. I have to, it. you know, have, you have to like unwrap these layers uh, around yourself and really like get vulnerable get uncomfortable like it it is hard the you can't set up any kind of blocks between you and the things that scare you and the things that you're excited about and, and the things that you're intimidated by and the things that hurt you you know it's like it's a really vulnerable intense personal weird unpredictable process you know and That is one part of who I am. And then to have to sort of do a 180 and all of a sudden have to be like stone cold and like uncaring about those things, which is sort of like it's like being two different people at once. I mean, you you have to be a certain kind of person in a certain kind of place to make the thing. And then you have to be the opposite person to sell the thing. (laughs) And. Sometimes people they just want you to make it, and then also and just not be that person, not be that vulnerable person. It's like you don't understand. Like if you want the things that I make, you this is is who I have to be. This is the person I am. I care about it. I, I, I. You know, like these decisions are not based on frivolity and like they're 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 happening for a reason. Because if I don't feel good about it, then the songs aren't gonna happen <laughs> it just doesn't work that way yeah
3: and it sounds like i mean you such another beautiful part of of what you have sort of out right now is um this letter from your friend mm. describing rachel the yeah. new project yeah, that's the out. Rachel press re- it's the best press release like i was showing yeah it's Thanks. just it's beautiful it's
0: real man rachel's uh, a dear friend and she's a, the most talented writer Seriously, look her up on and just read anything she's ever written, Rachel Monroe. So good, she's such a good writer.
3: So the new the new record called "If You See Me Say Yes," um, is sort of about what what you just talked about, and was the was the decision to move to North Carolina and sort of go through this new beginning while looking back and sort of evaluating where you are in a given moment and what you have to be to different people and mm-hmm. just who you are. Um, was that Born, it was the decision to go to North Carolina born out of like needing this sort of haven of creativity and ability to do
0: this without all of the other stuff around 100%. I mean, I, I was born in Baltimore, my family's there, uh, my, the vast majority of my friends are there. Um, creatively, it the scene that is has unfolded over the past decade in Baltimore has shaped who I am tremendously and so many of my favorite artists and people still live there, but making, making any kind of art requires a lot of space, alone time, just Mm -hmm. being alone with your thoughts and yourself. um, It requires a huge amount of that. Um, Especially, you know, now that I have two projects that I'm trying to, pull the weight for and write all the song write songs for and like make things for it's like i have to have that space I have to have that time but living in baltimore is overwhelming because there's so much cool shit happening mm-hmm. everywhere all the time and mm-hmm. there's so many distractions and they're great distractions everything's i want to be involved in all of it but at a certain point i just felt like the thing that i was always saying no to was myself and mm-hmm. my work and just being alone yeah. And so I had, um, you know, I also have some good friends in North Carolina and, um, I was spending some time down there after going on tour. I was on tour with a band called Sylvanesso, and, mm-hmm. um, they, I was staying at their house and I was like, Hey, your neighborhood's really nice. It's like in the woods and just really peaceful and they're like, Hey, well, you know, the house next door is for rent. You should check it out. And, I impulsively was like, "Yes, this is what I'm doing." Are
2: we talking about Asheville? It's actually
0: in between Durham. Things? It's in technically in Durham, okay, uh, cool. but it's between Durham and Chapel Hill, okay. sort of in the woods a little bit. A lot uh, of cool people down there. It's great. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, like great university town. And yeah,
0: whatever. I mean, there's it's gr- it's perfect for me right now because you know where I live is sort of removed, very peaceful and and serene mm-hmm. and rural in some ways, but it's close to a city and a town, so like amenities. I don't have to sacrifice like people and places and things to do and good food and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, you know, five hours from Baltimore. So I can, I go up there about once a month and dip in and Mm -hmm. I still feel very much like a part of that, but it just is, it's. It sort of says no for me like uh-huh. i'm alone i live alone in a house it's awesome <laughs> is it awesome i hate telling people from new york how much i'm not God. gonna say it on on <laughs> on a podcast but like when i tell people oh, how, much, oh, how much i pay to live in a house a three-bedroom yeah. house by myself they get really mad
2: <laughs> so sorry new yorkers oh it hurts tough. yeah i know it's tough i'm from ohio and I it's tough yeah could live in a mansion
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no it's 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 hard i mean you know there are there are trades because living here is awesome too it's an incredible place there's nowhere else like it but but it drains talk about you. distraction I mean, you talk about not
3: having time to yourself yeah. it's a
0: low level panic attack being here
3: 100 <laughs> of the time yeah like
0: oh is that why it's <laughs> that's not you it's it's what happens It's is what happens to yeah. you. I, I mean i almost lived here at one point in my life i was thinking about coming and spending some time and yeah. then um i bailed because i was just like i don't know if i can i don't know if i have the have what it takes. I've always lived in places like Baltimore and North Carolina where I I can have a really, really high standard of living for very little money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of artists for a lot of artists, that's like a big part of where they choose to live. And it's been, it's been cool for me. I got to (laughs) say living alone is awesome. And now I just, I feel like I'm spoiled and I'll, I'll never go back. But, but yeah, it's great. I have, you know, so I have more time and space. I can wake up in the middle of the night and play piano, yep. and it's no amazing. one will know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great. Um, you didn't record the record in your house. Some of it video? I did. Okay, um, it was kind of piecemeal all over the place. You know, um, I went to uh, a studio in Baltimore and did a lot of the like tracking of instruments there. That's where I recorded the drums. And but you know, it's a kind of record where like I recorded me playing kit drums, for example, and then I took those and I actually like chopped them up and synthesized them with fake fake but like synthetic drum sounds and like rearranged them um, and programmed a sort of like live hybrid synthetic drum sound like I was trying to do I was trying to create a universe where it was was both and neither um where it was both real instruments and synthetic instruments kind of cohabitating in the same space
3: Were your collaborators big um, in terms of the production after you have this initial concept and you sort of get it down? Did they help? Because the sound is very lush and big and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of electronic elements and Mm. synthesizers and all that stuff. And I mean, was there a period of time that you were teaching yourself that intensely? Because that like learning that computer, you know, all of those things (laughs) are a whole other instrument. You know, it's like it
0: is. It's the it's the biggest instrument. Right. It's it's. It drives me nuts that people who don't know what they're talking about are just like, "Ah, you're just making music with a computer. It's just like, you have no idea. Oh my gosh, no. What goes into learning how to be fluent, making music this way. It is the ultimate to end all ultimates. Yeah. right.
3: It is, it is. Um, so does that, feel, is that like the way that you sit down at the piano and just learn Debussy? Are you like, oh, I'll just sit at the computer and learn <laughs> Ableton no, man, it's, right now? It's a
0: terrible, I hate it. It's not my favorite way. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it was an essential skill that I had to force myself to learn that I don't, like it's not like I'm like oh boy I can't wait to I don't really know anyone who like even my friends who like that is like their thing they're still just like I stared at a computer screen all day today (laughs) like "Ah." it's 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 a necessary evil in some ways
2: like you knew you wanted that sound for this album yes yeah
0: absolutely and I knew that there was no way to avoid learning those skills if I wanted to create the kind of if I wanted to realize the ideas that Mm -hmm. I have on your own because you could have
3: communicated them yes to other people which is
0: what I've done in the past Um, but I, you know, I want to be able to do it myself and it's important to me to get better. I'm still not, I'm still, there's still like major gaps in my knowledge of this stuff. And I think the thing that really started me down this road was I realized, okay, this, if I'm going to treat this like I treat every other instrument, I'm just going to dive in and mess around with it until it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with the guitar, I never picked it up and was like, what am I allowed to do with this? Right. I think with um, producing, engineering, recording, there's a certain like assumption that there's like a base level of skills that you need to know to like even be able to touch it. You know, it's, right. like, it's like, and my friend Mickey who has taught me a lot of this stuff and who has, um, who I worked with on this record, you know, at a certain point, he was just like, you're not going to break it. Just, like, get in there. Yeah. Like, press some buttons and right. see what happens. I was like, oh, yeah. I can just do that just like anything else. What do you use? Um, well, I, I, it's a combination of... Right now, I use a combination of Pro Tools and Ableton and um, Reaper and just kind of, oh, like, different, different stuff or different things depending on what it is. Um, you know, I've used Pro Tools the longest. I'm starting to get more and more into the Ableton world. But, um, you know, it just, you know, whatever it... Uh, whatever the situation requires. right? And I'm, like I said, there's still major holes in my understanding. There's still a lot of stuff that I have left to learn. I'm, I am a very a particular kind of learner where it's like, it's easier for me to be hands on and to have someone show me something or to just like learn it through making something as opposed to just like reading the words in a manual. Um, I, I have a hard time like jumping the clearing the space between just words on a page and actually doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned slow in a lot of ways with that stuff. Um, but I do think I have, like, I rely, just like with everything, I rely a lot on my my ear and my musical intuition to figure it out. And
3: have you been doing this kind of production since, like, 2012 when you started this block of dimes?
0: Um, that was, like, when, I, when the f- I released the first couple singles for this. That was when I started learning a lot of this stuff. I mean, I've always had, like, a general rough studio fluency. I was never the one like actually engineering, but I had an understanding of um, how music, I mean, I've made records since I was young. So um, with the first couple of Wyok records, my bandmate Andy was much more involved in the mixing and the production. Um, but I've always had like, even if I'm not actually the one hands-on doing it, I've always had a sort of basic understanding of, of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about just like taking, taking control over it for the first time for myself Um, and learning how to have more uh, you know more control over actually realizing my own ideas as opposed to having to work through someone else to do that right Um, have you worked out the live show for there's a lot of different so one of the things I'm excited about about this project is that there's a lot of different versions of these songs um, that will exist I have a solo live show that I do that's very much more like Ableton electronic me playing instruments and um, you know, that's that's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot like the record. Um I'm gonna have a band when I tour for the first time. Wow. So that'll be really cool. amazing. Yeah. Totally have no idea what that's how is be that like. yeah, like have you had rehearsals for that yet? Nope. Not yet. Not <laughs> do even. Do you know the musicians? Yes, <laughs> You'll I do. Be They're all wonderful. I mean, I feel like if I get sharp, talented people it'll be great. And put it's them in a room be... together. It's gonna be <laughs> hey, whatever it is, out. it's gonna be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um I have been Doing, uh, I, I did this version of uh, "Everything Is Happening Today" with the uh, string orchestra at Brooklyn last night. That's a totally different version. Wow. I love I'm, that song. Oh, thanks, mm-hmm. so good. I did a, um, I did a version of a uh, handful of songs from the record with my buddy Thor. He has a, an amazing band called Thorn Friends that's uh, putting on a record really soon, and um, he lives in Austin and he's sort of just like a, a very notorious and highly regarded cult amongst musicians in the know he's played drums and and god knows what else with a whole handful of luminaries across the world and um he i went and hung out at his house a few weeks ago and uh re-recorded some of these songs with his band and that was like marimbas and vibraphones and pedal steel and strings and um you know so those are very different versions mm-hmm. than uh and so one of the one of the things that i'm most excited about is I'm a little bit, I have to be extra aware, I feel like, of how people interpret or like m- potentially misinterpret what this record is trying to be. I think, you know, because of what I do with Y Oak and because this is a solo project, I think a lot of people have a tendency of being like, oh, she made a synth pop solo record. And maybe this project sort of started out that way, but this is very much not what this record has become. And so it's been fun for me to um, play around with. Creating these really different, sometimes extremely organic versions mm-hmm. of these songs, just to kind of prove to myself and others that these <laughs> songs, first and foremost, it's about the songs right. and not necessarily those, those songs can exist in different in with different, different, different productions. Yes. Yeah.
3: Can you t- tell us about Semaphore? Yes. Because I, I looked it up this is the single mm-hmm. that's out, and there's an incredible. Video, yeah. I don't know if it's stop mo it's like a mixture of stop motion and animation. It and it's super cool oh, and man. colorful
0: and beautiful and like it's just awesome. My bandmate's very talented wife and uh Ashley Northcompton made that video with my our good friend Michael Leary. And uh yeah, and she's that's, she's amazing. It was she's really so fun. Cool.
3: I looked up the word semaphore, semaphore and I could barely I knew what the words meant, <laughs> but I could barely understand like even Same. the I also did. But yeah. what did I write down? Computer science term to describe how many units of a given resource are available. That is one thing,
0: but that is not <laughs> what that song actually I guess semaphore... that was the song
3: about communication over great distances, both literal physical distance and in the infinite space that exists between even the closest of people.
0: Yes. Oh. So semaphore, there's a different definition for the word. It's also flag semaphore, which is actually a nautical term. I, I saw flag semaphore. I thought it's not that. It is. <laughs> it super is. So flag semaphore <laughs> is like when people are on two ships that are really far away. And they're communicating by holding the flags in different positions, oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> so that that I actually learned that word and wrote that song on the same day. So that was what it was. Oh, wow. awesome. ah. I was working on you know putting together like the initial like beat. I hadn't written anything to it yet, and I don't even remember where I saw the word. I you know I was probably just doing some dumb internet distracting. distracting like, that that is myself. a lyrical yeah. word, and I was like, oh, I love yeah. that word. It's what is the so good. and then the lyric. I'm not too far no, gone. Too, gone too for far for gone. The semaphore, gone. semaphore which just sounds to me like it just kind of just and like was, some,
3: a lyric meant to be it, <laughs> like I was it, it was waiting for a that song that line
0: yeah. popped right into my head and i wrote the whole song in like an hour Amazing. less than an hour probably cuz you know that that magical experience where a just song just falls in your lap happens it's probably happened to me you know certainly fewer than 10 times in my life it's total magic what do you when do that when
3: happens? that when you're like when you finish and you're like this is
0: Girl. this is a song this, oh this is God. why it is like good that around? i live alone because i freak <laughs> out i'm telling you if you could if I, if you could play a video no, I the, know, like, oh, in, I in those moments a... it is Euphoria. i look like a just like, like march around your house <laughs> absolutely
2: yeah so, jump wait, on furniture
0: there is a way where
3: it's like no i know that this is Good. Like, I'm sorry oh, to man. say, but like, I just yeah, made that's something a gut really that's amazing. A gut that's and a that's a, a beautiful thing. That's there's amazing. nothing wrong with
0: that. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. That's all you have to You know, to people go are like, by. oh, I
3: can you know, you can never tell if something's going to hit. And that's true, but yeah. like, you know, when you've created something special.
0: Well, here's how I feel about that when that happens and just this record and the music that I make in general. I don't believe in an objective good or like yeah. something that's going to, no matter what you create it is not going to resonate with everyone because mm-hmm. that is not how human beings work. Mm-hmm. So that's a completely separate thing. I know my record is good. That doesn't mean that I think that everyone will like it or everyone should like it. It's just I believe in it, and I and it it resonates so much with me. And that's, that's the step that you... I mean, I think when you're looking outside of yourself to try and please other people, it's so easy to go astray. But when you... When, with every question and every step of the way, you're just like, what do I most want to hear from this? Yep. You have to trust that if you please yourself, other people, some other people will also relate to it. Yeah, and that's it. That's
2: that you, is it. That's and all I, you have. The yeah. only
0: times I've I've thought myself into a hole or into a corner <laughs> with this stuff is when I'm too worried about what other people think about yeah. what I'm doing. If I'm too obsessed with trying to please everybody, which is literally impossible, mm-hmm. then it, you just, you completely, right. You're just, nothing comes from that. If you yeah, get that
3: gut feeling when you finish something and you're like, this is amazing. That's, that's all you have to go on. Yes. That's what it is. And
0: it, that, that is when that happens, it is. I mean, I do. It is the greatest feeling that there is, and I turn into an absolute maniac, <laughs> and I just yell and scream yeah. and run around and squeal and jump up and down. And, and then do you chase that? Like how long? Like is and then I like listen to it for like yeah like thirty times a day for a week, and then I'm like, all right, I don't need to leave. <laughs> but it is, and it then is it, re- it gives you more confidence that like
3: I can do this. This is, is it hasn't gone away. This magic yeah. will return.
0: It and it's, you know there's such huge dry spells in between those moments. That it is, it's almost like the second you uh, you finally, like, realize that, oh, you you accept the fact that you may never make another thing for as long as you live, and then the next day it's just like, bam, <laughs> there you go. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's really something. I mean, there's no feeling like it. In fact, one of the songs that I want to play for you guys later is about, in some ways, like, that brain battle that's always happening for me of, like, there's there's the side of my brain that's very rational and, like... Truly believes that, you know, my existence is sort of ultimately small and meaningless, and like it's no more important or less important than anyone else's. And there's Mm -hmm. no like mystical figure that's kind of pulling the strings. Mm -hmm. And but then there's this other side of me that like kind of believes in like real actual magic. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, I know that it's, it's just a story that I'm telling myself, but those moments when I feel when something like that happens where a song just kind of materializes from space. And I just have, i really have no idea where that it's comes like divine from. It is, ma- it feels yeah. so much like magic mm-hmm. that I want to believe in it. Yeah. And, I, and I don't really see the harm of believing in it. And I have having this kind of narrative that I create for my life that makes it feel like it's, it's unfolding in a way that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing at the same time that I'm full of shit, and then it's,
3: it's
1: just I think a that story. keeps you. That's the humble that's part. A good
3: that's the right. It's yeah. F- I, yeah it's so a speck of dust and the what's the other, you know, yeah, um, the piece of glitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that.
2: Everything yeah. that's
3: come out so far is so beautiful. Thank yeah. you. And congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so, yeah, so much. I
2: Flock of Dimes. <laughs> if you see me, say yes. Out on September 23rd. Ooh.
0: What
2: are you Yay. gonna play for us today?
0: Well, I was uh, you know I can play whatever you want really, but I I can play a couple songs. Um, I was thinking I would play. Everything is happening. Yeah. Today. Awesome. Um, and also a song that um, has not yet been released. Maybe it will by the time this airs, but has not yet. It's called The Joke. Cool. Cool. All right, let's do it. Thanks, Jen. Of course. Thank you guys for having me.
1: trace on me and through it does So much of my life has already come to be So I watch the sun go up and I watch the sun go down And the horizon hovering like a missing piece that can never be found And as the seasons lie and secret you already know winter is behind us now it is ahead of us also Charm life, the hand of faith rests on my shoulder. Still, I get the joy, try to make you.